for many Christians, we have kind of adapted that and have made our faith something almost secret. I hear things like when people say, well, I just don't want to impose my beliefs on someone else. Have you said that before? I, I know I have. It's almost like we're undercover agents, undercover undercover Christians, right? We're like, well, no one's got to really discover if I'm a Christian or not. Is that the way it should be? Or is that just because we've adapted to today's culture? We treat faith kind of like, well, I found what works for me. Maybe it doesn't work for you, but I found what works for me. Here's, here's the problem. Our faith, meaning being a Christian, is inherently evangelistic. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Andrew Roman Show. I'm so happy that you've tuned in. Today, as you can see, it's a little bit of a special episode. We're back at the OG studio. That's right, the original studio. If you go back, what is it? This is episode 119. So I'm talking about maybe episodes 1 through 12 or 1 through 11. We were here for a whole season. This is actually where... We started, this was back before COVID and then COVID hit and then I moved over to my house and then uh, developed that into an actual studio, which is great, but we're getting some work done there for to improve the audio and all that good stuff. So for the meantime, we're back here, but hey, we always want to bring the, you know, the best quality content that we can. This is episode 119, season 12. Can you believe it? Time is going by fast, but that means that you have 118 other episodes for you to binge watch, almost like if it was a TV show. Hey man, dude, we talk about all sorts of different things. Hey, but before getting into it, I just want to say congratulations to all the graduates. I know these last couple of weeks, I've just been seeing posts and posts of people graduating. Great, great job. It is a huge accomplishment. You should be very proud of yourself. Who knows? Are you going to keep going? I know people that got bachelor's. Will you go for master's? Master's, will you go for doctorates? I mean, I think the uh, academics are something just awesome. Always, always wanting to learn. So that is great. Hey, well, let's get a little bit into today's episode. Uh, Remember that in this show, we like to talk about things that are relevant, top, even tough questions or tough, tough issues. Like even last week, we talked about the, the poll that came out from 2021 from Gallup that said that about 20% of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQ plus, you know, whatever other acronym is there. What does that mean? How should we respond? Is that, is that chill? Like, is that like, oh yeah, no problem. You know, it's just our generation has now been, is now more fully aware about themselves than ever before. Or is that a problem that we should be looking into and saying, hey, actually, how can we reach this generation and say, we got an identity crisis, but we can come out of it even better. Well, today we're going to unpack a very interesting and I would say very deep subject and deep topic. You know, repeatedly, whenever I make videos, whether it's on Instagram or or YouTube, I get comments that basically just ask the question, well, how do we know that Christianity is true? Like, okay, let's say God maybe exists, but how do we know that that's the Christian God? I remember one of the videos that I made was regarding scientific discoveries that really prove the existence of God, or at least if you use the the method of abduction, which is inference to the best, inferring to the best explanation, it points to God. And someone said, okay, sure, let's say it's God, but how do we know it's the Christian God? Because our culture is very pluralistic, meaning it's somewhat of a buffet, buffet of belief systems, buffet of philosophies and different ways of thinking. And very much like a buffet, people say that you can't really judge other opinions. You can't really judge other ideas to be bad. Just the same way that I can't say that pickles are bad food because there are plenty of people that love pickles and that's just a matter of taste, right? And there's, there's even great food critics that love pickles. Similarly, when it comes to beliefs, 
Isn't it just a matter of taste? Isn't it just a matter of opinion, of a matter of experience where you grew up, right? Because people could say, well, Andrew, you're only Christian because you grew up in the Christian household. Or which I would say, okay, great. If you're only, if you're atheist, well, you're only atheist if you grew up in in an atheistic household. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense. People come to their own conclusions. Sometimes you do grow up believing the things that you grew up with, but that's not always the case. But someone could say it's just up to experience. It's just up to your environment, what you believe. You can't really say something is wrong. Why? Because there are plenty of people, plenty of people that believe differently than me, right? Even some really smart people, like eight, like it could be some smart atheists or scientists or philosophers. Not everyone agrees. So, why do I say that I'm right? Like, why, why is Christianity right versus atheism, or naturalism, or humanism, or Hinduism, or New Age, or mysticism, or Islam? All these options. Why is it? Is it just a point of personal preference? Well, it's not. And, and here's why this is this is important, because our culture is not only pluralistic in the sense that we believe like there are so many options and all of them are good. You just got to find your way. But it's also very individualistic, meaning it's individualistic because we see faith as a, just a personal matter, right? It, it's what works for you might not work for me. What works for me might not work for you. And it's something that it's just my own journey, right? Everyone's got their own faith journey. And who am I to say that your faith journey might be wrong? Who are you to say that your that my faith journey might be wrong, right? It's all it's all opinions, and we treat our faith very much like if it was work. No one goes around announcing how their day was at work all the time. It's just like, hey, it's none of your as they say, none of your beeswax, right? That's kind of how we treat faith. We we live in a culture that's pluralistic, but also extremely individualistic. So for many Christians, we have kind of adapted that or adapted to that environment and have made our faith something almost secret, something that we just, it's personal to us. I mean, sharing our faith is difficult and, and even awkward. It's its uncomfortable. We don't love doing it. And by we, I don't mean everybody because there are plenty who people do. But if you felt like me sometimes, sometimes sharing our faith seems a little bit out of place, a little bit controversial, right? I mean, I hear things like when people say, well, I just don't want to impose my beliefs on someone else. Have you said that before? I, I know I have. I just I just don't want to impose my beliefs. So we go on from we go to church on Sundays and some church meetings, but during the week or times when we're not with other believers, it's almost like we're undercover agents, undercover, undercover Christians, right? We're like, well, no one's got to really discover if I'm a Christian or not. It's just another area of our life. You know, it's just it's just another compartment that's like, hey, it's just kind of my my business. Is that the way it should be, or is that just because we've adapted to today's culture? We treat faith kind of like, well, I found what works for me. Maybe it doesn't work for you, but I found what works for me. And look, it's great, but here's here's the problem. Our faith, meaning being a Christian, is inherently evangelistic. What does that mean? Is that evangelizing is part of the core of Christianity. Evangelizing is not some not core to everyone's faith. For example, as far as I'm aware, and you can correct me because I haven't studied it fully, but Buddhism is not really about evangelizing, right? So it's your own path to enlightenment. Or same thing maybe for Hinduism, because Hinduism believes, hey, all 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 seas lead to all rivers lead to the sea, all all roads lead to Rome type of thing. But including maybe Islam, as you will. But Christianity evangelizing its core is one of its core elements. It's always been about sharing your faith with others. In fact, can I say something kind of controversial? 
there's no such thing as Jesus being your personal Lord and Savior. He's the Lord and Savior of the entire world. You just accepted his lordship and submitted to it and then accepted his salvation. John 3.16 doesn't say, for God so loved only you. It says, for God so loved the world. That world includes your neighbor, includes your friend at school, includes, includes the atheist, includes the Hindu and all this. And it's not your personal savior as in like everyone's got their own little personal savior. Like I get the whole point of saying Jesus is my savior. Of course, I, I get that point. But he's not your quote unquote personal savior in the sense that everyone else has their own personal savior. Well, Jesus is mine. Who's your Krishna? Krishna is your personal savior. Oh, great. What's your personal savior? The Quran? And that? Okay, that's cool. Hey, as long as everyone finds their path and everyone's happy with each other, it's, it's all good. That That's not how it works. No, no early believer ever lived that way. The early believers never lived as in Jesus is only my personal savior and everyone else can just live and follow their heart however they want. They actually didn't live this way. They didn't live as if they were just another way, as if they were just another option. And it's, it's as if like you're talking to a friend and you're like, hey man, if you're feeling down or you're feeling meaningless, I found a great self-help program. But bro, if it doesn't suit you, man, if it doesn't fit, that's totally cool. There's just so many other programs out there that you can just, just, just focus on those, you know, find whatever suits you best. Uh, no, that's not the way that early believers ever um, shared their faith w- with others. They believe what Jesus said. They realized Jesus' words in John 14 were true. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through who? Through me. That's what that's what Jesus said, and that's what the disciples believed. That's what all the early believers believed. They preached that message to everyone around them. The problem today is that we don't want to offend anyone, right? We don't. Conflict sucks. Look, it's funny that I have a show talking about these things, but I hate conflict. I don't like conflict. I get, I start to breathe a little heavier whenever conflict happens. Now, now, you know, if you're hanging out with me and you're like, Andrew's breathing heavy. Is there some conflict going on? I just, I don't like it. The problem with that is that we think that by offending someone means that we're doing something wrong. Not necessarily. Conflict is not necessarily a bad thing. So whenever someone asks, well, why is Jesus the only way? Why is Christianity true? Why isn't it all just, why isn't everyone right? Or why isn't Islam right? Our inclination and our first instinct is just to say, hey man, Christianity is true for me. Just make it personal, right? No one can argue with that. But the moment you try to say, well, it can be, it's true for you as well. You're like, wait a minute, are you imposing? Are you trying to shove this down my throat? And we kind of get uncomfortable, right? We're like, well, we don't want to be intolerant and judgmental. I don't want to be a bigot. Who wants to be a bigot, right? No one wants to do that. But this is where where I kind of want to mention this. I started this episode talking about some of the questions that I've received, right? What makes what makes it the best, or what makes all this? Well, here's here's what's here's what's important, and I, and I want to share this. Um, that question is rather a fair one. Why is Jesus the only way? Why is Christianity true and not other religions? Why aren't all of them correct? Well, let's let's answer this real quick. In order to arrive at the answer to this question, we have to kind of take a couple steps back and just say, okay, let's start with the question of God. Does God exist? If he doesn't, then all the atheists and naturalists and humanists, they're all correct. And every, every religion, regardless if they believe in multiple gods or one God, they're 100% wrong. But 
if there is a God, and again, I don't have time for the sake of time to go and line up all the arguments for the existence of God. If you want to learn a little bit more about that, watch episode 7 and episode 113. 113, we kind of delve, we dive. Anyways, episode 7 and episode 13, 113 to learn a little bit more. There are very powerful convincing and reasonable arguments to believe in God's existence from some something more philosophical to something more scientific to something like like the moral argument. So if God does exist, this is this is important and I want you to pay attention to this, okay? If God does exist and as we prove it in these episodes, this God is all powerful, he's all knowing, he's immutable, meaning he doesn't change, he's immaterial, he ti- he's timeless, he's perfect, he's all good and he's intelligent and he is one and he's personal as well. That automatically cancels out any atheism. It cancels out any polytheistic uh, religions that believe in more than one God, because as we prove, if God does exist, he ha- He must be one. He does not share his power with anyone else because no one else exists, okay? So that's, that. and he's, he's immaterial. So the world, for example, is not a consequence of part of his body as some mythologies explain or anything like that. So it cancels out any polytheistic religion any new new like new age or modern spiritualism or or gurus or all this stuff that kind of believe in this impersonal force that we're somehow part of and we are a part of the universe that's not true if god actually exists so that's that's the first thing so right there we've summed it down to basically three major monotheistic faiths islam judaism and christianity so that's islam judaism and christianity i mean cuz one could say okay well maybe the deists are right Maybe God does exist, but we can't really know him very much. He just kind of set the world in motion and left it and went for an eternal coffee break. I don't know. Well, the question then say, okay, if God exists, let's say yes. Has this deity ever revealed itself to humanity? The three major monotheistic religions say yes. Judaism says through the Quran, um, Judaism, excuse me, through the Torah, Islam through the Quran, Jesus through Christianity, through the person of Jesus. These three religions agree on a lot of things, causing many people to say, well, we all worship the same God. The God of Islam is the same God of Christianity, the same God of Judaism. We all worship the same God. The problem is the rubber hits the road when it comes to the person of Jesus Christ. Because although these three faiths share a lot in common, they quite disagree on a quintessential figure, which is Jesus Christ. For example, Judaism has a little bit of mixed feelings, but again, I'm not paying every Jew with this belief. It's just the the general idea that either Jesus was um, a good man, and maybe not a prophet, but he was a good man, a good teacher of moral values, but it was Paul that came along and deified Christ, right? This whole idea of Christ, Paul came up with it. Jesus never claimed to be God. Jesus was never God. He was crucified and he died. Some believe that he was more of a political revolutionary that, you know, kind of upset the Roman Empire and he got crucified and he died. Islam says, well, no, Jesus was a prophet of God. He was one of the great prophets like David or like Abraham, but he definitely was not God. He never claimed to be God. He's not the son of God. He has nothing to do with God. He's just a prophet of God. But he actually, maybe some say he was crucified. Others say he wasn't crucified, but he definitely didn't die by crucifixion. In fact, some God rescued him. He recovered or God made it appear like if it was Jesus being crucified and then Jesus retired sometime, somewhere in India uh, with a wife and kids and will return somehow in the second coming. Christianity says, wait a second, uh, Okay, so 
Jesus is not only, you say a prophet, but he's actually like the ultimate prophet, the last, if you will, last prophet, but he's actually God himself, God incarnate, right? In, and not, not only that, but he also died. He didn't pass out. He literally died by crucifixion and then he resurrected. So this is where it all kind of starts to fall apart in this whole idea that all religions are the same or they can all be the same. No, no, it all comes down to Jesus. Which one is it? Did Jesus die by crucifixion? Did he not die by crucifixion? Did Jesus resurrect? Did he not resurrect? If he did resurrect, then it proves that he is God. It proves that he is who he claimed to be based on his life and his words and his deeds because that miracle of resurrection, if it was just a miracle without any scriptural context, it would just be a freak of nature. It's like, oh my gosh, some, there are there is no explanation. However, scripture prophesied and God said, hey, this is how I will reveal the Messiah and that's how Jesus fulfilled more than 300 prophecies. So all that to say is, yeah, it's not everything can be true, unfortunately. Not everything in the buffet is legit. Not everything in the buffet of beliefs is true. So as Christians, this idea that we can say, well, what works for you works for you, and what works for me works for me, that's not the way that our faith works at all. Because one could say, out of those explanations, the monotheistic religions, well, which one is it, right? Or maybe they're they're all wrong. But the early believers were convinced they were convinced that Jesus had died, according to scripture, was crucified, and in the third day, he resurrected. That was their convinced message. They didn't make up anything else. They just said, hey, these are the facts. They didn't make up and say, well, Jesus actually, God rescued Jesus from crucifixion. He never died. No, no, no. They didn't say that. He was crucified, and now he resurrected. So that that takes, that makes the Christian claim very, very unique. So they shared that. They shared that this Jesus is not just a prophet. He is the very one, the ancient of days, the one coming in the clouds like Daniel chapter 7 and chapter 9 prophesied about. This is the king of kings to whom every knee and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. This is who is Jesus Christ. Maybe you got to be reminded a little bit because if you've accepted the pluralistic society of today as a Christian, you've said, well, yeah, I believe we all just have to be good and that's what Jesus came to do. Yeah, but that's not his end mission. Like Jesus is not just a savior. It's not just your quote unquote personal, just for you savior. He's the savior of the world. He's the Lord of Lords. Like regardless, I want to just break some reality here. If you believe him or not, at some point in time, every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess. I'd rather confess now and bow now than being forced to bow then and then spend eternity apart from him because I never actually made the choice to accept him and to submit on, under his lordship. That's <laughs> and that, that's the important thing about, about Christianity. So some of us have been way too quiet about our faith because we've accepted this pluralistic buffet mentality. Why should I share my faith? If maybe that doesn't work for my friend from school, maybe that doesn't work for my Hindu friend, maybe that doesn't work for my new ager friend, maybe that doesn't work for my friend who's agnostic or atheist, it works for me. I love Jesus. I, I love the church. I love the Bible. But maybe that's me. Maybe that's not for my friend. Some of us have been way too quiet and just not shared our faith. Can I tell you something? The world is in bondage. The world is in bondage and King Jesus wants to set it free. He wants to work through you. When someone doesn't know Jesus, they're not a neutral person. They're actually dead spiritually. That's what the Bible says. So when you share your faith, you're not just sharing a good moral message. You're saying, hey, you can come alive and look and experience what life actually is and what it's meant to be. 
So no, not every religion is true, unfortunately. Of course, it deserves a whole episode to go through the religions and go through the religious claims. But as I just shared, not every religion is true. There's just one that is true and is proved through the life of Jesus Christ. Not every road leads to Rome and not every river leads to the sea. We have to stop living like at the end of the day, everyone's going to be okay because everyone's just going to try their best. I'm so sorry to tell you, that is not the case. It might sound rude, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It would not be rude, because it's not rude, when there's a way out of that road. If, if there's no way and we're all headed to hell and we're like, oh, you're headed to hell, well, might as well just give up. But there's not. Jesus offered a way out. My question to you is, have you, have you been keeping your faith to yourself, accepting that, hey, maybe it's just for you? Uh, no. A lot of the early Christians were Jewish. To be Jewish, your faith was your life. Everything had to be kosher. There was no such thing as your little your little category in your little section of life. No, no, no. There was no such thing of that. When Paul had his encounter with Jesus, he didn't technically convert to Christianity. He saw his Judaism fulfilled. He saw who his Messiah was he had been waiting for. Thus, his whole life was about Jesus. He didn't just submit one little area. It was his entire life that was for Jesus. You see, here's, here's what, this is important because a lot of us, this is what happens, right? We come to God whenever one, ever, one area of our life is messed up. We say, God, my relationships, God, my finances, God of my health, God of my identity. And whenever God restores that, then we're like, okay, thank you so much, God. I got you on my contacts just in case. I got you on speed dial when I need you next. No, 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 no. We're supposed to give our entire life. So I want to wrap up this episode with two quick examples of how God used Paul and Philip to sharing the gospel. In Acts chapter 17, Paul has just finished preaching in some major cities, and now he arrives to Athens. Athens is like the home of the intellect, the home of ancient philosophy, right? And he gets there, and God uses Paul to speak to, to what's called uh, the the Arepegas. I'm just going to say it like, a, like it sounds, even though I have no Greek way to say it correctly. But the Arepegas was, or you know what I've noticed, a quick hack. If you say things in, with a Mexican accent, you're most likely correct. Because like in Hebrew and Greek, they sound more like Spanish than they sound like English. So, Arepagos. Oh, how about that? That sounded pretty good. So those are basically the gray beards of society. And Paul gets to them and, and listen to Paul's words. And I'm going to read it right here off my computer. He says this in verse 22, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. So he, he acknowledges that. And then he says this, I have also found that there's an altar inscribed to the unknown God. And then he explains who this unknown God is. Hey, the God who made the world and everything in it. So he goes in and has this speech in front of them, basically telling them he's observing their culture and he's saying, look, um, you're close, but not quite. You're you, Okay, you, you got some of it right and you were going to head the right direction, but then you got distracted. So you got this altar to an unknown God. You got this idea of different gods, but here, let me kind of correct that and guide you to that. See, Paul is saying here, He's not saying, you're all wrong, you're all stupid, you're all ignorant. How dare you not believe in God? No, no, no. He's establishing common ground. And he's saying, hey, you're you're headed towards the right direction, but you're not quite there. You got misguided. You have this idea of this unknown God, and here's who he is. This is why this is so important. He's bringing a pattern to share the gospel with someone. That you don't go at them saying, this is all the ways that you're wrong, but you say, hey, establish some common ground. Maybe connect with 
in sales, you call that a rapport, right? But it's not sales, but you call it some respect and some commonality, some common ground where you can say, hey, actually, you know, there are some things that you got right, and here's how they point to God. It's the same thing with culture or the world. It's not all bad. Actually, there are some great things in culture which are actually rooted in, in, in Judeo-Christian values. But instead of just saying, oh, culture is totally evil, is saying, hey, you know what? Culture has some things right, and here's how those right things point to God. And you can use this in conversations. If you find someone, maybe when it comes to all kind of our social movements of social justice, social justice is not bad. Social justice has been taken by the world and it's been kind of corrupted and perverse. But there are some things like empathy, like wanting justice and compassion. Those are all great things. And if you find someone who agrees on that common ground, then you can use that in order to move towards the gospel and redirect them to scripture. The other examples with Philip. Philip, it says that he he met a eunuch from, I believe, an Ethiopian eunuch that was riding on the cart. And, and then God told him, hey, Philip, approach this man because I want you to teach them. So this is really interesting. Uh, it says, the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot is in Acts chapter eight. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the Isaiah, the prophet, and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, the eunuch, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Here's a man who's searching, a man who wants to know the truth. That's actually why he's reading even without understanding. There are so many people today that want to know the truth. They're searching. Their hearts Their hearts are not hard. The question, though, is will you be a Philip for that person who's searching? Philip, it says the scriptures that Philip, beginning with the scripture that the man was reading, he then told him the good news about Jesus. You see, Paul sets the example of sharing the gospel with someone and the way that you do that is because you're well-versed in what they believe. So you're able to establish common ground and point them to Jesus. Philip here points the example of being well-versed in what you believe so that you can point them to Jesus. Because how would Philip be able to point them to Jesus if he had no idea what scripture that man was reading? So this is what's so important. Maybe God wants to use you for his kingdom. And I say that maybe, but it's a fact. You have good news. My question is, do you know how to share the good news? It, of course, starts with your testimony. That's obvious. But can God trust you to be a Philip to someone who's searching? Can he trust you to be a Paul to those who are open-minded? Can you take someone from where they're at to the good news of Jesus? That's what Philip did. He, he met the eunuch where he was. He pointed them to Jesus. Again, don't misunderstand me. This is not about who can know more facts about different religions. It's not about that. But it is about being ready to share the gospel whenever God asks you to. Don't keep your faith to yourself. If you take anything today is that don't keep your faith to yourself. God has called you to more than just living your own personal faith. God has called you to evangelize and share your faith with where people are. Don't keep it to yourself. The only reason you believe today is because the early believers didn't keep their faith to themselves. So will you pray this dangerous prayer today? God used me and God gave me opportunities to share the good news. Hey, we'll see you in the next episode of the Andrew Ramon Show.